No matter where you are from or what you are doing, your background impacts a multitude of educational and career decisions, especially for QuestBridge scholars and alumni. For Sergio Lopez, a 2017 graduate of Yale University, growing up without many financial resources, inspired a commitment to serving his community and finding ways to make his voice heard. When his family struggled financially during his high school years, Sergio discovered the power of public policy and learned that he could play a role in bringing about positive change. Many years later, inspired by this experience, Sergio ran for and now serves as a council member on the city council of his hometown, Campbell, California. In dialogue with fellow QuestBridge alum, Jeff Chen, Sergio shares his road to being one of the city's youngest council members in history, details life as an elected official, and explains the balancing act between his council role and additional career pursuits. The Quest Continues highlights stories of our QuestBridge alumni. I'm Grace Sun, and I'm excited to share Sergio's career journey with you. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Quest Continues podcast. I'm your host, Jeff, and I'm excited to have Sergio Lopez on the show with me today. Sergio studied history, English, and journalism at Yale and is currently serving as a council member for the city of Campo, California, located near the San Francisco Bay Area. How are you doing today, Sergio? Yeah, I'm doing great. Excited to be with you and with everyone today, Jeff. Yeah, I'm excited to have you on the show today, too. Can you start off by briefly introducing yourself for the listeners? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Sergio Lopez, I have the honor of serving as a council member, as, as the uh, youngest elected official representing my hometown, Campbell, California, here in the beautiful Bay Area. Before we hear more about Sergio's journey to becoming you know, the, the youngest council member, I want to start off with some kind of fun quickfire questions. So the first question is, is a hot dog a sandwich? No. No. <laughs> that was the quick response right there. Uh, second question, uh, what's your most used emoji? Um... Probably the dinosaur emoji. Oh, really? That's interesting. I've I actually didn't know there are dinosaur emojis. Do you have like a favorite dinosaur? Oh yeah, T Rex, absolutely. Finally, uh, what's your favorite time of day and why? Uh, great question. I love the kind of dusk hours, especially driving along the California uh, coast. It I, it just I, I feel at that time of day there there's nothing more beautiful. Mm, I, I can definitely see that. Yeah. So getting into sort of the main topic, can you start us off by sort of talking about what a typical day might look like as a council member? Yeah. I, I mean, the first thing you learn is that there there are no uh, typical days, really. And in most cities and most state legislatures, your elected representatives serve what is technically considered part-time. And so uh, I also work a, a full-time role in uh, public affairs. Uh, I'm also an author and historian, um, and so uh, that means my day tends to start uh, early in the morning, 6.30, and um, go on anywhere to 10 or, or uh, sometimes midnight. And in between, there could be uh, uh, anything from meeting with constituents to uh, hear about their issues to a publicly scheduled meeting to uh, community events to um, you know, in terms of my other responsibilities, could be uh, finalizing an, an article or uh, working on, on other projects for, uh, say, a nonprofit I'm working with. So there, there's always something exciting going on. That's really interesting. I personally had no idea that council members were, were, were a part-time job, um, but it sounds like you sort of have 
a lot of hats that you wear on your day-to-day basis. You know, so you mentioned um, you're an author, you're a historian, you also work in public affairs. How, how would you sort of describe how all these different pursuits fit together? Yeah, um, absolutely. Well, the the first thing I'll say is that if anyone is considering uh, a role in public service, I, I, I really believe um, everyone has something that they can contribute to making our democracy more representative. And uh, part of why I love what, what I do, and, and there's many different ways to serve, not just an elected office, um, but as an elected official, you really get to draw upon uh, every field, background, perspective, experience that you've had, and to learn from uh, experts and people with rich life experiences out there. Uh, so you're you're constantly learning, uh, and and the best public servants, I think, just have a sort of insatiable curiosity about the world around them, and are always trying to learn more. And there's there's a kind of uh, intellectual hunger, but also humility. That that comes with that. So part of what I like I like about the role is that uh, I I don't have to uh, choose just one topic. Although as as I'm sure we might get into, there there are definitely uh, passion areas in, in which I've had uh, background. But I, I've also had a, a diverse career leading up to this in in public service and in campaigns, local, federal, and everything in, in between. But also nonprofits and the private sector. And so all that experience comes together to, to form your background. The other thing that really defines my perspective and values as well is that I think part of what defines us as uh, essentially human is storytelling. It's it's how we connect to one another, how we, we have carried on our, our society and, and told uh, our, our story and, and build upon that to create new stories and new possibilities. And so the common theme that unites all my work, whether that's, uh, you know, background uh, in, in journalism or uh, a lot of the current writing that I do spans the, the gamut from cultural criticism to uh, history, untold stories, to uh, memoir as, as well. And, and the, the common element and, and theme that I think drives me is uh, figuring out what is the story of us as a country, as a nation, as a society, and that uh, that story, as uh, you know, we, we can see, is one that's deeply contested over time. And so, whether it's exploring these questions historically in writing or in current events, in, in journalism, and uh, public policy research that I've published, or in my career as an elected official, the common question is: What story are we going to choose to to, to tell about ourselves, and and who gets to tell that story? It sounds like in your role as a council member, you have to interact with a lot of constituents, um, and you know have to deal with a lot of issues. Can you talk a little bit about some of the particular issues that you are passionate about? Yeah, you know, while being curious about. Almost any issue that that comes before us, a lot of what I personally have worked on, and uh, the the things that were major campaign issues when I was running, stem from my personal experience. And just to share a little bit about how I, I first got into public service, when when I was growing up, uh, baby Sergio definitely imagined being some kind of writer someday. Um, and I've I've come back to that in in the past few years, but. 
for a long time, for, for most of my life, I can never have imagined doing what I do now on a daily basis. Uh, I was not someone who was comfortable in the spotlight, making speeches, or or really um, wanted to, to do any kind of work. I always pictured myself kind of um, sitting in my study or, or office and working on on whatever a, a novel or, or screenplay or something, so, but something um, in, in the creative arts. Uh, I'm a first-generation immigrant. My parents came over from Mexico. I was born here. I'm the oldest uh, of my three siblings. Um, and, and so along with that comes a certain, I, I think, weight and responsibility uh, to want to make the most and uh, of your uh, the sacrifices that that your parents have, have made. And so uh, my, my family, we were working class growing up and uh, my parents struggled uh, and, and sacrificed a lot so that I could have the opportunities I've had, the, the education that, that I've had. I, I, I came into uh, kindergarten not knowing the, the, the language. Uh, we just spoke Spanish at home. And my parents wanted to provide these opportunities, but um, themselves didn't have the, the educational background. Fortunately, I had incredible teachers who believed in me and taught me to, to read and, and write and really awakened and uh, that love of knowledge and learning that my parents nurtured at, at home. And so I, I was on my way educationally and really wanted to be the first to, to graduate college. Um, but being working class and not having a lot of resources, uh, what my family decided to do was to open up uh, a small business. Uh, we had a little restaurant uh, going here in the area to start to save away for, uh, for a college fund. Um, and so that we, we opened that up as a family when I was wrapping up, close to wrapping up middle school. That going for for a couple of years, um, and 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 by that point we'd gone from when I was growing up, we just we were all crammed into a little one bedroom apartment. To, to actually, my parents had, had saved up enough that that we now owned a family home. So we took out a second mortgage uh, on our home to be able to get the loans for the restaurant, and did all right for a couple of years. But uh, unfortunately, during the the Great Recession. Like so many other families, we ended up losing the business. Uh, our home went into foreclosure. Uh, and I, as a 12-year-old, had the experience of uh, seeing complete strangers walking through my home, uh, not knowing that because of a, a piece of paper um, that the home was no longer ours, that that had been taken away from ours. And in trying to make sense of that experience, I, I did what I'd always done, which was to read and try to learn and and uh dive in and i realized that they're actually concrete policy decisions made by people in power and that all too often those seats of power didn't include people like my family um folks from the communities where, where i came from so i decided at that point i was going to do what, whatever i could uh to, to change that so i got involved and uh really haven't looked back ever since so it sounds like, you know, you're really passionate about public service and that, that sort of, this passion sort of started like when you're pretty young, I guess that means when you got to Yale, like you already knew you wanted to do public service, like after college. I, I did. Yeah. So the uh, great transition, because this is uh, exactly the point at which uh, Questbridge came in. Um, and, and so after we, we lost the restaurant, uh, you know, pretty much all my time in high school, I'd, I'd been uh, pretty involved. I, I, I was a leader in uh, things like the uh, speech and debate team. Um, 
but uh, we still hadn't figured out how to pay for college. And so one day I, I received this mailing uh, talking about something called QuestBridge. And uh, one of the schools that, that you could apply to was Yale University. Uh, I applied to QuestBridge. And when I was accepted, my parents didn't so much as know where Yale was and so, or, or, or what Yale was for that matter. And mm-hmm. so they weren't thinking, oh, you know, this is great Ivy League school. They're just thinking, um, uh, you know, grateful that I, I would have the chance to fulfill my own dreams, which they supported. So really in- incredibly grateful to QuestBridge for that opportunity that made that possible. But the, the short answer is yes, I, I very much chose a school that um, I knew had a, a track record of producing leaders uh, of public service as a value. That's awesome that you were able to uh, take advantage of all of the opportunities and sort of resources that an institution like Yale has. You, you had mentioned that you had worked on a, a bunch of like different campaigns before you actually got elected yourself. Can you talk a little bit about what that experience was like and the transition from helping someone else's campaign to like running your own campaign and then eventually being an actual elected official? Yeah, that's a great question. Like, like I said, kind of a, a common theme here is just trying to get as, as diverse an array of experience as possible. And so uh, part of that was was geographic, just because when, when I was growing up, uh, being so rooted um, in, in community um, that, you know, I had my own rich experiences that that informed uh, who I was, but I, I wanted to see as much of, of the country as possible. So I, I did everything from, from working on uh, campaigns in, in New Jersey for Cory Booker when he first ran for Senate. Uh, working on a gubernatorial race uh, in, in Texas, worked on Hillary Clinton's campaign in New York at her headquarters writing policy, uh, did a uh, summer internship at, at the White House. And here in the California Bay Area, I've pretty much worked on uh, every you know level of campaign and, and uh, office that, that you can imagine. Did, did some work for our current governor when he was first running as, as well. So, so just just trying um, not not only to um, see as much of the, the country as, as I could within that time, which is something I've continued, by the way, I'm, I'm currently um, in uh, graduate studies at uh, Duke Divinity School, uh, trying to get a little bit more of the uh, taste of the South and the, the, a lot of the faith-based organizing that comes out of there. So, so that's always been a, a passion and, and a goal of mine. Um, so worked on getting not just that uh, geographic diversity, but uh, also just as many different roles and to the extent possible, diving deep uh, into as many communities as I could and, and learning from the incredible work uh, going on in, in each of them. Speaking of campaigns, I also, I kind of want to ask about how did you find the resources to run a campaign, right? Like, I don't, in my mind, you know, people on the news are always like, oh, campaigns are expensive to run, blah, blah, blah. There's a lot of resources involved, right? Can you talk a little bit more about sort of what it was actually like sort of campaigning and running for office? Um, you often ju- just have to work, be willing to work harder for, for better or worse, uh, work twice as, as hard um, as someone who, who might come from uh, a different background 
than um, those traditionally in, in the halls of, of power. So I, I started by just being willing to put in the work and, and put in the, the uh, long hours that, that it just takes hitting up uh, everybody who, who <laughs> you've ever met, essentially, might might be someone who, who can invest the resources. What also made that easier is that I knew that uh, I sometimes people are uncomfortable when they're first running a campaign and uh, uh, asking for money. But I knew that the money wasn't uh, for me. It's, it's not like it was going in my own pockets. That money was an investment in my community. It meant that the people who donated believed um, in, in the change that that I, I could make given those resources and, and if I was able to, to get in that position. And I knew that, that that's an, an honor and a responsibility. And so I, I worked to, to live up to that. This goes back to your earlier questions uh, about uh, working on campaigns versus then running your own. I I had uh, kind of this mental checklist over the years of all the things I would have done differently to run a uh, campaign just a little bit smarter. Uh, anytime that I thought, oh, if only that candidate had listened to me, uh, I had this this great idea that that I I, I knew I, I could have implemented um, uh, if uh, they they'd only listened to me. Um, so now I could actually just go and do it. And so then it's just about execution. And so that's incredibly exciting. But w- what it meant uh, having all that experience is that um, not only did, you know, d- did I work hard for the money, but once I got it, I was able to uh, make it go much further and, and make much smarter investments. Mm-hmm. And for a campaign at the local level, I, I think we were probably the uh, had the most advanced campaign infrastructure. Um, not because we bought the most expensive services or, uh, you know, uh, went out and uh, paid people to do that, but because we were scrappy and, and just uh, worked harder with the resources that, that we had and, and made them go further. You touched upon, you know, a lot of things that I think a lot of listeners and other questies would resonate with, you know, particularly, you know, like the hardworking aspect and just the really like, resourceful part of things, right? Where we're able to get a lot of things done with sort of limited resources. Yeah. And it, it, it's also, I, you know, I want to pull out thinking creatively about how to use this incredible resource and network that, that we all have uh, both your college, but QuestBridge in general, and, and, and think about how to uh, tap into that. And, and a lot of times it, it may just be that people haven't had that idea before, haven't been asked. But uh, when I, I did ask, I, I found so many people who believed in what I was doing and were willing and excited to help. The power of alumni networks is, is just an amazing catalyst. Changing gears a bit and looking more towards the future, do you have any idea of what, what's next for you in the future? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, definitely to continue and uh, in, in public service and, and continue to find opportunities to serve and uh, to continue to explore those those questions as mentioning of what what is the story that we are going to tell about us as a people as a country at this moment in time and that's I'm, I'm sure I'll explore that more through through writing there, there's a couple of books I'm, I'm working on currently also in in service and in and, and service for that matter you don't serve just by being uh, an elected official service is something that we can all do whether it's it's volunteering, um, whether it's it's working at a nonprofit, or whether it's doing meaningful and impactful work in, in the private sector, so uh, it, it it's something that that we all do. I don't know that uh, it, it 
will always look like what I'm doing now, but I know that I'll continue to uh, find and, and explore uh, ways that that I, I can do that. That's awesome. Yeah. And so uh, fi- final question, do you have any advice for Questies who are also interested in running for office uh, or just any general advice that you would tell your younger self? A- anyone who has uh, who, who is a, a part of uh, QuestBridge or who has gone through QuestBridge program, by definition, we share this common superpower. And what that is, is that we have the ability to, to walk in other people's shoes because I, I think the, the experience that unites us is uh, not just going into these elite institutions, these halls of power and being able to uh, speak that language and understand that and be successful. Uh, but uh, it, it, it's also that everywhere we go, each one of those spaces, we take the experiences that have shaped us and made us who we are and uh, we bring those everywhere we go. Uh, and that, uh, frankly, I, I think that that's what separates uh, great uh, public servants uh, from uh, those who, who aren't able to have an impact, um, is, is that they are able to uh, connect with different people and, and make a difference and just be aware of uh, both of how much they have to learn, but how the, the uh, lived knowledge that we share, uh, how we can use that to, to make a difference. And, and so uh, that's something that, that I, I think about, and I'm, I'm grateful every single day that, that I'm doing the, this work. When we're hearing from uh, executives or businesses, you know, they're trying to advocate, um, I, I can understand that on, on that level. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I can also relate to the, the uh, folks who uh, are are keeping our, our trees trimmed and uh, keeping the the lights on in the seas going. I I, I look into their faces and um, I I see my my parents, my family, and and uh, the experience that 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 we had at at my campaign kickoff. I I, I was really proud. I, I and at, you know other events I've done. Um, I'll have business owners come who who are supportive and and believe in the work that that I'm doing um, because of small businesses. Um, but I'll, I'll also have um, busboys come and uh, uh, workers who are undocumented and, and uh, people who reflect the full diversity um, of the community. And, and that's something that uh, just is not true for um, every elected official out there, for, for better or worse. But it is a, a superpower that anyone listening to this podcast, anyone who's been through QuestBridge, has and carries with them every day that uh, we we all have the ability to uh, walk those different worlds and speak those different languages. Yeah, I love that. That was super inspiring. Yeah, well, thank you so much, Sergio. It's been a great pleasure having you on today. Thanks so much, Jeff. It's been so exciting being with you and uh, being uh, with your audience. So excited to have people uh, be able to listen. Um, and I'll also share if uh, anyone ha- has more questions um, or, uh, you know, wants to follow up or, or continue the conversation, um, uh, please do feel free to uh, reach out, uh, Sergio at LopezforCampbell.com. And you can also find more, you can find that contact information at LopezforCampbell.com. Thank you so much. The Quest Continues is a production of QuestBridge, a nonprofit organization that connects outstanding students from low-income backgrounds with opportunities at top colleges and universities. I would like to thank Jeff Chen for conducting this interview and Sergio Lopez for sharing such an insightful view 
of the public service field. If you would like to learn more about QuestBridge, please visit us at questbridge.org. If you are interested in contacting us about this podcast or to reach Sergio, please email us at alumni at questbridge.org. Thanks. We hope you join us next time for The Quest Continues. Thank you.